Ragtag, ragtag. Welcome back, ragtag warriors, to the You've Got a Life to Love podcast with me, Sarah Delamarter. Why do I call us ragtag warriors? Because life gets all of us. At some point, life is going to get you down or sucker punch you in the gut, and it's your job and your responsibility to choose to heal and find your way through that. And as we do that, we recognize (laughs) we're a little ragtag. We come out of it a little wounded, a little bruised, a little scarred. Um, Our clothes proverbially, is that the right? Proverbially ripped. And we feel ragtag. We feel like we're just holding ourselves together sometimes. So that's why we're ragtag, but we are also warriors. You are a warrior in your life. You are a warrior for your healing, for your family, for your children. You are a warrior for your wellness, your spiritual health, your dreams, and your passions. So you put it all together, and we are ragtag warriors. We are involved in a spiritual battle, whether we actively participated in or not. It is all around us all the time. So we get to be ragtag. We get to be barely holding our lives together, and that doesn't make you any less of a warrior. But the best warriors are prepared warriors. That's part of what this podcast is here for, to offer you hope and insight and some Bible teaching so that as you move forward, in this, in this living the life that you love and get a little bit of your training done here. So welcome. I'm really happy to have you here. And it's time I give a quick little shout out to Anchor. If you are interested in starting your own podcast, check out Anchor. It's completely free. You can download it onto your phone and publish your episodes right from the app and they will publish them almost anywhere podcasts go. Tell them I sent you, and we can be podcast buddies. <laughs> so with that said, welcome, my ragtag warrior friends, to today's episode. Today, I'm going to talk about something that has come up twice in the last three days. So it feels like something that needs to be talked about. It needs to be mentioned. It needs to be put out there so that people are aware and people know that they're not alone and that there is hope and healing for them. And by people, uh, I mean men. I mean men. So much is out there to support women in their heartbreak because it's so much more culturally acceptable for women to have great heartbreak, for women to go out to drinks with their friends or coffee or go on walks and just be pouring out their hearts and what's going on in their relationships and have outward emotions about it, especially out in public. You know, a woman can cry in a coffee shop um, and people will feel sympathy for her. But culturally, if a man tears up and starts crying while he's talking to his buddy in a coffee shop, they get a lot more judgment for that. So today I just, 
I'm here to point out the reality and the truth that men can be in abusive relationships too. Men get cheated on too. Men have to fight their way through the pain of divorce, the trauma of the betrayal, and fight their way back through their healing to living a life that they love. Just the same as women do. I don't as I I don't want to say it's necessarily easier. I don't know that that's really the my best word choice right here that it's easier for women to recover and heal cuz I don't really think it is. I think that we have matching wounds. I think that the wounds of betrayal, the wounds of infidelity, the wounds of neglect and abuse are neutral, gender neutral. <laughs> They're pretty much the same across the board. So once you've experienced it, you have true empathy, true compassion, true understanding for anyone else that's been through it, be it a man or a woman. But the easier comment is just that it's so much more culturally acceptable for women to go out and rag on men or beat men down I mean, together inside of their inside circles. Um, You can see it in jokes. You see it a lot more in sitcoms and in movies. And oftentimes these men are kind of portrayed as either dumb or super big jerks. There's not the same out there in the forms of entertainment of a guy who's been cheated on or who's been left or who has been living under verbal, psychological, religious abuse for the last decade. You just don't see that so much, but it is out there. It is real. Um, So if you are a man going through that, I just want you to feel acknowledged and recognized and know that it is as true for you as it is for the woman um, who has gone to a domestic abuse shelter. You know, if you're getting smacked around and things thrown at you, things broken around you, you know, for a man, that's also, that's abuse for you. For men and women, if you have an escape plan, you know, if you wonder how would I leave? When would I leave? I need to have these things in order. You're in a very unhealthy relationship, no matter if you are a man or a woman. It often, we see this more, domestic abuse. We see it, I'm not speaking from research here. I'm going to speak, this is my opinion, um, my understandings from the people that I work with and what I've read and what I've seen. So let me just be clear but you see a lot more domestic violence um, women running away. And I think that's it's super valid. I'm not here to invalidate any of that or say that that's not real or less than or absolutely anything of that. I'm just saying you see that a lot because typically men are bigger and men are stronger. And that gives them that physical advantage to physically hurt women in ways that a smaller woman doesn't have. But the whole point, as I'm just saying, that it can happen to men, it does happen to men, and 
inside of our Christian marriages, it needs to also be acknowledged. And I have a fun little story. You're never going to believe it. I have a fun little story to share with you about this that, that proves this happened. And guess where I found it? It's in the Bible. <laughs> Most, if you grew up in the church, you have heard the story of Samson and Delilah, right? When you read it as an adult, and if you read it coming from any sort of abuse background with those open eyes of trauma, it will blow your mind. I'm going to run through just a little bit of it right now. Okay, so Samson and Delilah, you can find that story in your very own Bible in Judges 16. At the time, Samson was a judge over the people of Israel, um, and they were still fighting with the Philistines. Um, Let's see, what else do you need to know? Oh, you need to know and remember that Samson is basically the strongest man in the world. He was a gift to his mom from God, and he had promised her, he, she, his mother, sorry, promised God, you give me this son, I'll dedicate him back to you, and God grants her this son, and he is the strongest man in the world because he never cuts his hair, and that was the promise. That was the covenant that was made. <laughs> my, my biblical exposition, Masters, is really... Uh, kicking me in the face right now because I really should be able to tell you who his mother is, but I can't remember. But I have my Bible open in front of me to Judges 16, so we're going to talk about this. All right, so here's Samson the judge, and he falls in love. That's what it says. He loved a woman whose name was Delilah. I'm going to read bits and pieces, paraphrase a little bit. Okay, so Samson, strongest man in the world, falls in love with Delilah, who's Philistine. And the lords of the Philistines come to her and they're like, hey, Delilah, seduce him and see where his strength lies. And then they offer her money. If you do this, we're going to give you um, a whole bunch of silver. So she goes to him, full well knowing he's in love with her. She goes to him and just, hey, will you please tell me where your great strength lies so that you might be bound that no one can subdue you? And so this is what he says to her. So it's okay. He says, bind me with seven fresh bowstrings that have not been dried. And then he'll be as weak like any other man. So guess what happens? The Philistines bring her those seven fresh bowstrings. He falls asleep. She binds him up. And then get this. Now she had men laying in ambush in an inner chamber. And she wakes him up. Oh my gosh, the Philistines are upon you. Wake up, Samson. Snaps the bowstrings, fights them all off. So she's prying for his deepest, darkest secret, using the fact that he is in love with her, and having men laying in ambush ready to attack him. These are all things that she did. And he didn't tell her the truth, but she tried it anyway. And then get this, she says this, you have mocked me and told me lies. Totally gaslighting him. (laughs) If you have ever been in a crazy making, toxic or abusive relationship, how familiar does that sound? In this episode, I'm just feel encouraged, men, because this is in the Bible. Okay, then it goes on and on. This happens three times. 
So then he says, oh, okay, if, with new ropes, bind me with new ropes that has not been used. So she does it. Exact same thing. People, men hiding in the hallways. She wakes him up. Samson, they're upon you. But he snaps him off like a thread. Then Delilah says to Samson, until now you have mocked me and told me lies. Can you even comprehend it? The problem is yes. Inside of abuse and toxicity and neglect, this actually makes total sense. And it's such a shame and it's so heartbreaking. But here it is. You have mocked me and told me lies. Samson doesn't ever just go, hey lady, you're trying to kill me. (laughs) Nope. He wants to love her. He wants to stay with her. So he just keeps telling her things. Uh, The next one, if you weave seven locks of my head with a web and fasten it tight with a pin, I'll become weak. So she does exactly that. And guess what happens? She has the men lying in wait to attack him. And he wakes up and he defeats him because it wasn't the real reason. She says this. This one just gets me. (laughs) How can you say I love you when your heart is not with me? toxic that's so abusive oh my gosh she's literally trying to kill him have him killed lose all of his power all of his wisdom and influence she is his enemy in his own bed and he's not telling her exactly how she can defeat him and she is so mad at him so much so how can you even say You love me. And this kind of nonsense happens all the time. You see it. Sometimes, sometimes in unfaithful marriages, right? You confront somebody about that. Or, ooh, this is a good one. If you have read a message on someone's phone that points to the reality that they're having an affair or cheating on you, men or women, and that person spins, spins, tries to spin it back around on you. Oh, if you loved me, you wouldn't be going through my phone. If you loved me, you would trust me. That's exactly the same sort of toxicity that we're dealing with, with Delilah here. It's insanity, but reality. So a little bit, guys, take heart that this kind of nonsense has been happening since the Old Testament times. So on the one sense, there's nothing new here. <laughs> and the fact that this kind of heartbreak, this kind of control, this kind of abuse uh, happens. But it also absolutely, of course, means that you can heal from it. You don't have to stay in it. You get to acknowledge that it's happening. You get to remove yourself from the situation and put yourself in a safe place. And then you get to find the ways that you need to heal. Be it taking up running again. Be it evening walks, a therapist, journaling, mentorship, coaches, book reading. A lot of options out there for you to take this next step. 
from acknowledging that it really does happen and it really does happen to men. So to wrap this up a bit, um, happens again. This is Delilah. You've mocked me these three times and you have not told me where your greatest strength lies. And when she pressed him hard with her words day after day and urged him, his soul was vexed to death. So she is absolutely manipulating him and trying to control him and putting all of this intense pressure on him um, under the guise of love, under this lie that she loves him when he really actually loves her. Um, But clearly by her actions, she didn't love him. She just wants all this money. Um, Okay, here we are. So his soul was vexed to death. You are on verse 17 here. And he told her all his heart. Then he told her the truth, that if his hair was cut, that he would become weak. And she did exactly that. It's so sad. It's even worse. She lured him into it. Verse 19, she made him sleep on her knees and she called a man and had him shave the seven locks of his head. And then she began to torment him and his strength left him. So sad. And it just, the reason I tell you this sad story again is to affirm the men that are in truly toxic and truly abusive uh, marriages and to just let you know that Jesus sees you um, just as he saw Samson. And Samson's life is absolutely destroyed by it and he is humiliated. And at the very end, though... He asks God for one more great burst of strength, and he is redeemed in that moment. Um, So for you in your life, if you are going through this, if you have left this, if you are struggling to heal from something like this, something not, but something toxic, abusive, unfaithful, something so hurtful, I just want to say that that you are seen, that you are believed, you are loved by a great big God who will see you through this. And there's this beautiful gift that God gives us here in this world that he always brings beauty from ashes. So if your relationship is in ashes... And if you feel like your heart and the foundations of your life, you feel like they are in ashes, I can promise you that at some point you're going to begin to see beauty coming from these ashes. So keep your eyes open because it's going to happen for you. Thank you for being here, Ragtag Warriors. If you would like more support and more resources, you can find me on Instagram at sarah.delamarter. 
and I would love to connect with you and help support you in the ways that I can while you're going through this. Um, because I see you. I know it's real. It's as real for you as it is for the women that I talk to. Um, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry that this is so hard and that this is what you are having to go through and that it's harder for you out in public. Not even in public, but just it's harder as a man in our society to deal with these great emotions, to show them, to find healthy ways to to release them and move forward because men are supposed to just be strong and tough and um, not be the abuser <laughs> when in reality a man can be strong and tough and be the one who has suffered the abuse. So you are seen, you are heard. I believe in you and I will see you next time.